0: Hello 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 and welcome to Newsy's Nook a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pants. I'm your host. Newsy Baby. This week in Newsy's Nook, an adult high chair is getting a lot of attention for its high price, why the maker says it's worth it. We are also on the third week of October we get a check-in with Bro sitter plus a viral TikTok video of a man in an ABDL onesie getting escorted off a playground by police has me wondering, is this bad for the image of ABDL? I sit down with a sex educator to look into this idea. This week in Newsies News, Toddler Factory is raising funds for its adult baby high chair. For a pledge of $1,500, you could reserve your own toddler chair. The company says it's made with durable redwood and food-safe plastics made right here in the USA. I asked the question of my followers if they would get the high chair and would they use it. A lot of people said yes, but the price tag was definitely an issue for some. One Twitter follower said Toddler Factory had an unrealistic goal of raising $150,000 to start this project. Toddler Factory's CEO told me he believes this adult high chair would be the least expensive adult high chair on the market. Citing that custom ABDL high chairs go for about $2,500 to $4,000. The CEO tells me if the campaign is successful and all pre orders have been shipped, they will open up orders up to their online store where people can make a payment plan for a high chair. The CEO explains the reason for the large fundraising goal is because, quote, we reached out to a number of banks that were not interested in investing with an ABDL company for fear of bad PR. And we reached out to a lot of big ABDL companies for business partnerships, but they were not interested either. End quote. As for the 30-day fundraising period, the CEO says having a longer Kickstarter would mean a longer wait time for their customers to receive their orders. According to the CEO, everything has been sourced and is ready to begin production if the Kickstarter is successful. It is important to note that according to the Kickstarter website, you are only charged if the project meets its funding goal by the campaign deadline. If you wish to support this project, you can make smaller pledges that come with smaller products like stickers or a t-shirt. Toddler Factory's Kickstarter runs until November 13th. If you would like to support them, I will have a link to their website in the show notes. How are all you locked boys doing? Hopefully better than me, but in my defense, I have stayed locked this whole time. To give us some encouragement, here is Brositter. Hello, everyone.
1: Hope you're having a good day. Figured it was time to check in with all of you boys, and, well, I like what I've been hearing. A few of your caretakers have been reaching out to me in the past couple of weeks and letting me in on, uh, well, the progress you've been making. After all, big boys talk, and somebody's got to keep an eye on you, right? (laughs) From what I hear, many of you are, well, you're being very good indeed, keeping locked, keeping all uh, pent up, being obedient and good. With each passing day, the caretakers are telling me that, well, you're all exceeding your uh, wildest expectations for just how good you can be you've set a new standard well that's most of the reports i'm getting not everyone is uh apparently really uh (laughs) doing their best there've been a lot of dribbles and a lot of accidents a few people have even taken to finding some toys and playing with themselves But that's to be expected at this point. Not the the toys and, and not the slipping up, not the accidents. The excitement. The excitement that led to that kind of behavior doesn't just come out of nowhere. No. You know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? If you're observing Locktober, you know precisely what I'm talking about. The excitement that's been building day by day. Being pent up this long, well, your body's not used to it. Even if you've been in chastity for a while, you know that by three weeks, you're, well, overflowing. Everything that's bubbling away in your balls is screaming for release, desperate to claw its way out of your cage. And you've been exhibiting so much self-control, so much poise, so much obedience, because you don't even need a caretaker, to observe this month, do you? No. Because we both know that you will be obedient to your cage, if nothing else. Being obedient doesn't even require an adult in the room because you have a piece of plastic encasing your cock. And that's good enough for you. Obeying it and doing as it says, letting it control when you get to come, that's good enough for you. You don't even need a big boy on the other end. You just need a piece of plastic around your cock. And you're good to go. Because you're a good boy. And good boys do as they're told. Even if they're being told by an inanimate object. That made you excited, didn't it? <laughs> it's okay to be honest. It's okay to be honest that every time you hear my voice when I'm talking to you on these little messages, these little times that we have, they've been getting you excited. Making your cage that much tighter. Making it that much more difficult for you to observe this month. And honestly... I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of proud of myself for putting you to the test, because somebody has to. What's a trial like this without a good test or two? And each week, every time you listen, or listen to a big boy, or scroll on Twitter, or do whatever it is that you do to get yourself excited, well, it's just been getting harder and harder. And something's also been getting harder and harder. Every single time you get excited, it seems like it's that much more pleasurable, that much more desperate, that much more exciting than the last time. Because we both know that being a big boy and being a good boy, well, you kind of got to choose which one you want now. If you wanted to be a big boy, then you'd take your cage off and come like a man, but, well, it's not really in the ballpark, is it? No. Not anymore. You've chosen to be a good boy this month. Not a big boy. You've chosen to keep your boy parts all locked up. Locked up nice and tight. Because you know, just as well as the rest of us, that the being pent up and the not getting off, well, that's hotter than any orgasm you could ever blow out. And... uh So why don't we just uh, keep locked up? (laughs) Even if you were reaching for a vibrator or rattling your cage, it doesn't matter. It feels good to be desperate, to be on edge, to be pent up. You want it. You want it so bad. And nothing feels as good as being pent up and letting it all go at the end. So uh, do me a favor. Keep being good. And you'll keep getting to stay this excited.
0: I'll check in next week. Is anyone else now really excited for No Nut November? <laughs> Tune in every week during this month of October for another check-in from Bro Sitter. Ha. It's no secret that I'm a mega soaker. Sometimes I just put on a diaper, drink a little water, and bam, I'm leaking all over the place. And I'm left thinking, is it me? Am I the soaker? And then I found North Shore's Megamaxes. Have you seen them? They say they can last up to 12 hours. 12 hours, I know! And they come in a variety of colors, like white, pink, tie-dye, and blue. My favorites is blue. And the best part is, it's anti-odor, so I can be my little stinker self all I want. If you want to get your grabby hands on them, just look in the show notes of this episode. I got you. It's like what North Shore always says, be dry, be confident, be you. This week in Newsy's Nook, I wanted to take a moment to look at the optics of our kink. To those uninitiated, the ABDL kink could be misunderstood. Some say a viral TikTok video of a man in a onesie with dinosaurs being escorted off a kids' playground by police brings unwanted attention to the ABDL kink. With a kink like ABDL, privacy is important for a lot of people. Jakey on Twitter asked, Would you attend an ABDL convention that did not require attendees to cover their phone cameras? More than 65% said yes, and nearly 35% said no. A sub-question that came out of this discussion was, Is being seen as an ABDL more shameful than being seen as a leather, rubber, or bondage person? So to get his perspective on the optics of ABDL, I sat down with kink educator James Frost. What was your initial response to the video? Uh,
2: You know, certainly that it wasn't good. Um, You know, this, uh, we unfortunately see a few of these things pop up here and there. Um, It's never a really good representation uh, of the community. Um, generally speaking, uh, it's generally people too, that are kind of on the fringe of the community, uh, that we don't always really know. Um, so it can kind of be a difficult piece there. Uh, but there's, there's just a bunch of unknowns too about this, you know, like we don't know mental state. It's possible that this person had some developmental delays. My experience working in special education pulls me towards that, but that's purely an assumption. And it'd be wrong to kind of pin it to that unless we knew more, you know, we also don't know if this person was under the influence at the time. Or if they have a substance abuse problem at all. Um, we do know that this person were an obvious diaper uh, and little's close to a park or mini golf establishment, whichever it was, uh, seemingly without any appropriate context. Parents were understandably un- uncomfortable uh, with this person being around their children and called the police. We see the police escorting the, them from the premise and that's all we know. We don't know if they got arrested, we don't know if they were uh, taken for like an evaluation. We just don't know. <laughs> uh, context is everything, and I think we're lacking a fair amount here.
0: Yeah, actually, you know what? I I kind of hinted on that there might be something mental happening as well, and so I kind of I actually called the police, the Greenville police, to see what happened because I actually was genuinely curious. and the And the information I got was that he, they were called because of a nuisance. Right? He was trying to play with kids, which is a big no no for everyone and Huge. then the it, he wasn't arrested it was basically a misdemeanor and that they escorted him to basically this housing mental coalition um in the state to get him some housing support and some mental support so i you picked up on that what do you think do you think this video paints abdls in a bad light
2: well you know it's it'd be um i mean yes um you know and and just from a community context too and, and how we address this it, it'd be different if this was a known figure in the community with a social media account that we could kind of point to and get a perspective from other community interactions uh but we just don't know um, again this seemingly is somebody that's kind of on the fringe of the community um you know might be something that they've only interacted with um on their own and the comfort of their home and then decided for some reason to go out into into public um you know and this is just not you know, intent and context are really key when wearing it in public. And uh, we just seemingly just lacks any of that here, you know, um, uh, at least appropriate context uh, and the intent, you know, what was this person thinking when they went out there? You know, it, you know, if your intent is to go out and have a scene in public involving people that did not consent, you're in the wrong period. <laughs> you know, if, if the context is rooted in an adult or kink space, you're good. You know, this includes pride events. Those are adult spaces. Pride started a, as a riot led by the kinksters. We fought for the spaces. Be yourself and love every minute of that piece. And I'm really over having that as a debate in the community, <laughs> you know, uh, but this wasn't that, you know, um, this was not something that uh, was an adult space or a space that, uh, you know, that was, um, you know, cleared out. And it was like nighttime or anything like that, where they kind of snuck in a picture. It was in the middle of the daytime when a bunch of kids were playing. Uh, Just was not appropriate.
0: Right. I totally agree. Not appropriate. You bring up a good point. Let's go into the debate of, do you think little clothes in public is appropriate? So uh,
2: again, it's, it's, it's all about context, but generally, yes. uh, I generally lean towards more layers, like overalls and shortalls over a onesie, less exposed diaper, Um, you know, if you're going out like, like this person was, and just a onesie with a very noticeable diaper, that's kind of peeking out or bulging, um, you know, that's, you're going to, you're going to draw attention. It might not be the kind of attention that you want out of that. And even if it is the kind of attention that you're looking for in a humiliation scene, um, I think it's, I think it's a little, little bit too much there. You know, I, I generally stick to when I'm thinking about exposure, quote unquote, or public humiliation, kind of stuff like that. Um, wearing in public in, in general, I'm generally going to stick to areas that I would expect to see others in their underwear or similar. Having your diaper show in the locker room is okay, though rare. A diaper other incontinence garment is something that you might see in that space. The general public can kind of explain that away in their head. You know, uh, places like the beach, so definitely a little more out there and something that I you know, kind of go back and forth with, is a space that you might see adults using incontinence products and it's not easy to hide. You know, an adult cloth swim diaper or plain medical diaper peeking over one of the swim trunks is not going to cause a stir if you treat it as an everyday routine. You know, like this is something that you just live with, um, not putting on this big scene uh, where you're involving people in your kind of role play. You know, um, you know, if it's, say, an event close to Halloween, use some common sense about the venue and the general vibe, but you can probably get away with dressing more little. Generally, the public's going to be like, "Well, that's a cute, though oddly accurate and niche costume," <laughs> uh, but they can explain that away in their heads, you know? Um, and, and I think a part about that too, because I, I see some people uh, in, in the community posting going to like different places. Um, uh, be mindful of the others you're hanging out with too. Uh, no matter the circumstances or how you feel, the group that you're with may not be comfortable with any level of public exposure, <laughs> whether diaper is showing or it's covered up with little clothes, um, just check in with your friends prior, prior to heading out. Uh, that's like a huge thing uh, because you might be okay with that and they might be like this is a little too much
0: yeah you bring you bring up a genuinely good point you know I've been for example Folsom right like there was Mm -hmm. a point where we were all standing there and no one's diapers were showing not actually at Folsom but at the Eagle the night before right like most people Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the night had their had their little clothes on but no diapers showing and it usually takes one person to be the catalyst. So I guess now my question to you is: How do you know when to be the catalyst, and when is it appropriate to be a catalyst for for exposing yourself?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I think again, it's about reading the room a bit, having some common some common sense about the situation that you're in. Uh, in something like the the Eagle, which is a fetish club, um, I, I I don't think there's any any reason to not have some pride and be like, I'm going to show off my like diapers and kink here, you know, Um, you know, I, it it took me 0.2 seconds to walk into that bar and draw and drop my pants as soon as I saw other diaper boys, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, that is a totally appropriate space to walk in, you know, um, as you know, and, you know, and also get, get to know your like local bar, what's acceptable, you know, if there's certain nights where they're really going towards a certain theme, then, you know, maybe you kind of back off a little bit there too, you know, like need to be respectful of the the spaces, the local, you know, the locals, have fought to kind of create there, you know. Um, and I and, and that kind of brings into like another point that I want to talk about. Um, non-ABDL conventions that have designated ABDL or other niche kink and fetish spaces, all right. Please follow the rules that are outlined by the organizers, all right? These are local groups that sometimes fight really hard to gain acceptance for spaces and programming at their local cons, local bars, et cetera. You know, it may seem like a small thing to you as the visitor, all right. Um but those spaces may be the only space the locals have to engage with this headspace and their community members outside of their home. When you don't follow the rules, you put those spaces at risk. So like, please consider some wider perspective when conducting yourselves at, at those cons. You know, um, taking it on, on yourself to be like, well, I'm gonna push the boundaries. Uh, you know, that can really piss off the, 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 the con board, you know, and then those locals lose the space. Um,
0: and that's just not cool. And you bring up what you have some good insight into that. I mean, like, let's put it in perspective, how hard is it to convince spaces that don't usually have diaper wares to invite diaper wares to expose themselves, right? Like, I believe, claw just a couple years ago, right? We've talked about this, like claw a couple years ago has just started introducing spaces for ABDLs. I mean, how, how big of a fight was there to have that?
2: Yeah, so uh, Claw is uh, kind of the the event that I always go go back to and like want to talk about. They have been super super welcoming. They have a, an amazing organization structure. Um, they are one of our favorite events that we get to go to and interact with every year. Um, and prior to working with ABU, I was I was helping out uh, Pup Jackson or Rubber Jackson uh, with his ABDL programming at, at Claw as well. He he started doing classes uh, and an ABDL. 101 on one class at Claw, and I believe in 2018 or 2019, uh, and I helped him out in 2019, and then he moved up in the in the Claw board structure, and then I kind of took over doing that, and then joined with ABU and was able to bring ABDL to Claw in a in a bigger way, with ABU actually creating spaces and, and such. Um, so as far as my involvement with Claw, Claw's always been super super opening, welcoming to it, um, you know. But I'm but I'm sure it was a little bit of a fight to kind of get in, but they recognize that AODL was the next big thing. Right. Um, And they wanted to kind of be on the front end of that and say, Hey, like, you know, we want to give you guys a space. We're starting to see this everywhere. You know, it is, it is happening. Um, I know. And that's, and then working, you know, personally working with like ABU and sales and uh, getting more and more wholesale clients that are kink that are uh, community kink and fetish stores or like novelty stores. They they want diapers. <laughs> they get customers who come in all the time and ask about it. Uh, and I'm still getting calls uh, from King and fetish stores following the uh, the, uh, the pandemic who are now like, all right, we are ready to have an ABL section. Let's go. We keep getting questions about diapers. Uh, it's 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 really growing, you know. Uh, but the ones that you know, I, I think leather and rubber and things like that, they've been very welcoming to us and kind of understand that 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 kind of push. The the furcons, some of them do already have ABDL programming. That's part of their like after dark programming. Uh, others don't. Uh, but the furcons is a little more difficult. The, you know, the, the furcons are not like are, are generally not like a traditional kink or fetish con uh, because they're all ages. All right, So you've got entire family units that like go to these things. And that, that, that was a shock for me at my first MFF when I went and I'm like in my kink gear. And all of a sudden here's like little kids running around, little velociraptors everywhere. Uh, you know, so that was like, uh. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's like fine and cool. Uh, but those are more like anime cons than they are like kink cons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but so that can be a harder sell uh, when they don't already have a, a, sta- a space established for it. You know, we've been lucky with some of the cons uh, that we, we went to last year. Uh, they didn't have an adult annex, uh, but they worked with us and some of the other shops and they created one this year. So we could go and like vend uh, and have some more programming. And, and, and that was awesome. Uh, but some of them have very strict, like this is the ABDL baby first space, you know, and that's the only place that you can be, please be mindful when you're walking other places that things are covered appropriately because we have children around, you know, um, and they have to kind of bend to the will of the family there too a little bit, you know, because that's a huge clientele. They get entire families to come. It is, it is, you know, in a purely business sense, it's a money maker, you know. Uh, so they have to consider that when they're rolling with it, you know, capitalism and say what you want, but that is that, <laughs> you know, um, and it's something that they have to consider uh, as part of their their, their base, um, you know. So when we don't follow by those rules local community that have worked with the con to create those spaces they can lose them and then you know it might seem oh well we can go to 10 other cons and get and get what we want but maybe some of those locals can't they can't afford to travel this is their one event a year when they get to interact that's huge for them so we need
0: to be respectful of those spaces right right and the example i think of immediately off the top of my head i didn't experience it firsthand but i heard that the new york abdls right didn't they lose a bar because someone left a messy diaper in the bathroom and then that bar completely was like nope no more abdl events like that's at that is what is at risk if you don't follow common sense rules when going to events you could you could make a whole bar say no we're not going to do this anymore
2: yeah no, uh, that was with the new york city eagle uh in kind of the early days of the abdl parties there Um, and they had them for a long time. And then there was that entire incident, which caused them to kind of shut down. I think they had a couple more after that, but it was just, it became kind of a, kind of an awkward uh, situation between the bar and the, and the organizers. Um, and it didn't really work out now. Like since then, I, I understand that the, uh, community there has like really blossomed and they've come back with like two awesome events at like other venues and that's like awesome to see, you know? Um, but we had a similar thing happen in, uh, chicago with like one of the bars where somebody tried to flush a diaper again (laughs) Uh, and i don't know why this keeps happening it's uh but but they kind of freak out they they have a moment they freak out and in their head they think the best way to get rid of this moment of shame is to try to flush it um and then it causes six seven thousand dollars worth of plumbing damage at the bar And, and so of course the bar is upset uh rightfully so you know, and they want to, it's un, it's unfortunate that, you know, but if they can't pin it to an individual, they're going to ban it, an entire subset, you know, and it's like, well, there's not much that we can do and just hope that the management changes their mind, you know, but that can ruin, again, that ruins somebody's local scene.
0: Right. No. And I, and going going back to the, to the TikTok video, I, I kind of liked you know, I had, I had a question for you of like, what's the appropriate level of exposure, but I really liked your, your analysis of, you know, would you show your underwear in this situation? I think that yeah. that's a very, like some, something easy that you can think of off the top of your head. If you're going somewhere, like, would I show my underwear in this situation? Yeah, probably not. That's,
2: that's, that's kind of like the baseline that kind of draws me, you know, and then past that it's, am I in an appropriate kink or adult space? You know, is this is this where I should show it, <laughs> you know, um, or should I go further, you know, um, but definitely the the kind of under questions like I, well, what I what I do this year? No, well, then don't do it.
0: <laughs> what happens if you are someone that's like an adrenaline junkie and loves exposure, right? We always hear those people in the community that are like, I love exposure. I love exposing my diapers. What do you what do you tell them? Like, how do you how do you approach someone that likes exposure and they're they have an itch for it? <sighs> so.
2: I guess I'll kind of get back into this routine versus scene that I was kind of mentioning before we hopped on. But, you know, um, so the <clears throat> if you treat being diapered in public as an everyday routine, the, the general public is going to assume that it's medical-related generally and just leave you be. All right. A diaper change in appropriate places like bathrooms or locker rooms, a diaper sticking out over your waistband or things that could be considered adaptive clothing. And comfort items like teether, pacifier, they're not going to cause a newsworthy scene. Like you might get some like looks and occasional comments, but nothing newsworthy, all right? But how you conduct yourself will, all right? So like playing out a, a diaper change so it purposely takes longer so you get caught by more people, all right? That's that's going to cause a problem. You are you are fishing for it, all right? Role-playing with another bad or caregiver in a situation where the general public will see and be forced by proximity to interact with it. You know, a feeding scene in public, exposed diapers, checks or changes outside of appropriate changing areas and adult spaces, all right? That's obviously going to be a huge one, Um, you know, and just and exactly like this video, it's like, please use common sense when you're going to places that are designated for children. All right. Or where, you know, you know, children are generally present. You know, if you have to have that cute photo on a playground or wherever, go at night or another dead time or find a more secluded park. It's too easy for that for that situation to go wrong. It can put you and other non consenting people at risk and reinforce the stigma that's too often associated with age play and DL. You know, uh, please just take a breath. If you're the adrenaline junkie, take a breath. Consider things, all right, before you go out there and become the next TikTok craze.
0: Yeah, don't do that. Um, you're right. We have we have a rule in news. Don't you can report on the news, just don't become the news. And that's that. kind of. <laughs> um, and then last question on this. You know, you brought up earlier in this conversation. You know, ABDL is definitely becoming a little more. I don't know if the word popular is I would use yet, but it's coming more mainstream, right? More people are Mm -hmm. aware of it. I've noticed on on Grindr, if I say ABDL, people are like, oh, I know what that is, or I know Mm -hmm. someone who's into that. So I definitely feel like we are on the up and up, so to speak. Do you think with more popularity comes more problems?
2: I think, you know, as as we become more quote unquote main, mainstream, uh, more people are going to get into it that might not know the broader community context of it um, or know what we've gone through as a community to kind of get to where we are. And um, I think with that can come some people who don't take it to don't take the caution side of it as, as like seriously. Um, and they might push the boundaries uh, because they don't know what those boundaries are. You know, they don't know, hey, like this is a taboo thing. We shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be talking about um, certain, uh, topics that's wrong because of this, uh, you know, people that are kind of buying the things because they think it's cute, but they're not really involved in the community. That can certainly be a, be a thing because they're, they're not getting the same context, the same education that we have because we're really involved, you know? Um, and that can always be kind of an an interesting point if, if they're not kind of following along, you know, and it can create problems, um, or, you know, problems that we see that they just don't understand.
0: Right. And by problems, mostly, mostly these problems deal with optics, right? Dealing with like a general sense of what I'll call them vanilla. People see when they look at ABDLs. Co- going into optics, you know, Jakey on Twitter posted, a, posted a really interesting poll. And I would love to discuss it with you. He asked, would you attend an ABDL convention that did not require attendees to cover their phone cameras and had a strict photo consent policy? according to the poll 65% said yes and 35% said no do you agree what what is what a what is your take on this poll
2: uh so i know jakey well um and i and i kind of know uh, where this poll kind of kind of comes from uh you know uh, jakey uh and and i agree with him we've we've gone to a lot of cons together uh that are not eviel uh, and then i think cap was his first uh age play con and it was quite a stark difference in how Capcom handles it versus uh some of the larger you know leather rubber and other cons like that um and that's fine uh but i mean would i attend a, a, a an, like an evadale con that doesn't have a strict photo policy personally yes and it's because i do it all the time at other conventions where you sign a code of conduct uh you're held to that and you know any issues are handled on a case-by-case basis you're not required to cover your like phone camera they encourage photos. They've got photographers going around too, uh, to kind of get candid photos for like advertising and things like that. It's a very different atmosphere. It's much more open. Um, it can feel much more trusting. They're putting trust in their attendees, uh, which is generally reciprocated back. You know, and if there is, and again, if there is a problem, they handle it on a on a case by case basis. If you break that code of conduct, then you're
0: out. So just to give context, because I've honestly never, <laughs> I've never been to a con ever. Vanilla or kink related, I guess. You have to get you out. I yeah, you have to get me out. So, so is this question? Because I kind of got a sense of like, well, is this a huge question or is this a small question? Is this a common thing when you go to events having a strict photo policy?
2: No, it is. It is something that is very specific to the ABDL world.
0: Oh, okay. Do you? And what I'm hearing is your this policy isn't very controversial it's kind of just comes with the environment
2: yeah well it's i i I won't say that it's not controversial i i I don't think it's very controversial it doesn't come up a lot but i think as people um particularly over the the pandemic when the abdl cons were were closed a lot of members of the community uh went to abdl spaces that were hosted at these other cons uh you know claw iml etc um and they got to experience something different you know where it wasn't so locked down uh, in in, in terms of photos they could get their photos same day there was photographers there where you could get portraits done and you got it immediately you know Uh, and it was handled well handled safely uh, and they experienced that and then they come back to the age play cons um, and they're like oh this is not as doesn't seem as inviting as trusting you know Um, and I have to wait x amount of time to get photos if I get them you know and that's kind of their Perception. So, really, I, 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 I'm not sure it's anything bad on one or the other, but they experience something different, and now they're coming back to it and asking, "All right, well, why do we have to do this?"
0: Oh, I understand. Do you think Do you think policies like this lure people away, like discourage people from going to events like this?
2: Um, I mean, short answer, no. Cap. Just looking at how the H-play cons sell out, uh, Capcom Dream World, etc. Um, it's certainly not, I don't think largely, I don't think it's pushing people away.
0: What is your stance on taking pictures at kink events? I mean, I, we took pictures at Folsom. So obvious, I obviously, you know, we enjoy taking pictures, but what, what is your stance on people who, who, you know, they, they, they want to get dressed up. They want to wear the cool onesie that they just bought. They want to wear the fluffiest diaper. You know, what, what is is your stance for people who want to take pictures at age play events?
2: I am all for it, honestly. You know, um, we kind of talked about most events have an open photo policy. You sign a code of conduct, and if you break it, you're you're out. Um, some of them have photographers out and about taking you know shots for advertising, and then you then you can get portraits and you get them immediately. Um, it's I'm I'm honestly all for a more tr- trusting policy, and you handle things on a case by case basis. You know, but that's again, it's I think it's going to take a while for that to change in the evential world. Um, and at the, at, the, at the end of the day, I, I want to support what's going to be best um, and, you know, uh, what, the, what the community that's attending that con is going to feel is best and safe for them, you know, and what's going to make them comfortable attending the con. Do, do I think this is slowly going to change um, in the next three, five years? I think we are going to see some some change in how the ABDL cons kind of uh, interact with policies like that because they've attended other cons you know and said oh hey we really don't have to do this anymore you know we don't have to you know vet each person's vet life or each person's social media account uh in order to say oh look they are part of the community we we can do this um you know we can handle this on a case-by-case basis you know so i i do think things are flowing that way but in that intermediary um, i do think it's important to do you know have policies in place that make more people comfortable
0: well, to play devil's advocate to that, I believe, I mean, I'm fine with my ABDL persona. I I have a weird rule where mm-hmm. on Twitter, I don't show my face, but on Instagram, I do. <laughs> I feel like policies like this give a lot of, I would say, DLs or people that are still learning and probably don't want their, you know, their face shown. And so this, this policy probably gives a level of comfort, right? I would, I would. It guess. does.
2: Yeah, S- certainly does, you know, um, you know, and that's, you know, for, you know, and we kind of get into the, you know, is being ABDL, you know, inherently more like shameful than like being at like other, you know, being being leather, rubber, being any of those things. Right. Um, and, you know, for, for many, it still is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I know a lot of out and proud leather, rubber people, pups who are happy to show that side of themselves and show face because that's, you know, BDSM is still is quite easy because it's been around and in the spotlight for so long. It's much easier for the general public to like explain that away being like, oh, that's like sexy, kinky, fun, you know, fluffy handcuffs and all that jazz. All right. Like they're able to explain that away. Right. Um, ABDL hasn't been as mainstream for as long, you know, so it's a little more difficult for people to understand it and be able to kind of explain that away. And then, of course, that kind of negative association that it still has in the in the public eye, you know, um, so it just it can be difficult for, for, for people to grasp it.
0: So because you've asked the question now I get to fo- now I get to ask the ultimate follow-up question to that question is do you think being ashamed of showing your ABDL side at kink events further's the stigma
2: So I certainly don't you know personally uh, of course it like doesn't help I think we should all show like pride in our interests and be our like own like biggest advocates in terms of pushing um, you know ourselves to be prideful in our own spaces, you know. Um, and if you're at ABDL and like kink events, show it. Have have fun. That is, that is your like moment. That is the totally adult space. Um show yourself off. Have a great time. You know, um buy those, buy the, buy all that awesome gear, put it on, kinky cross over it, you know, whether it's leather, diverse, whatever it is, and just and just have a blast there. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> you know, the more that you hide or segment yourself into these like groups because you think it's making you know uh for the enjoyment of like others you're like oh well i i i have to separate all these different parts of myself you know and for some people i i understand why they've got different you know uh desires and how they advertise you know uh and for for some of them it's it's like work too you know whether it's like just for fans or whatever and it, and it does play into their into their algorithms and like things like that uh but overall just my biggest thing is to have pride in yourself and all of your interests, show them off, mix it up, have a great time. Um, I, I don't believe in, you know, like, especially when you're in kink spaces, just show yourself off, have a great time, (laughs) you know, um, instead of hiding things like that is your space. Have fun.
0: Right. And I, and I know I've had this conversation with other people before. My whole stance on it is it's what you feel comfortable with, right? Like at the end of the day, it's about, how you feel in your body and in your skin and if you go to a kink event and you're not feeling wearing diapers well then you don't have to wear it no one no one's forcing you to wear it (laughs) yeah exactly just don't wear it but if you want to show off great or if you do feel a sense of like you know what i really want to show it off because i never see it and so i'm going to show it off within context clues (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know um, go ahead, wear it, and if people ask questions, be ready to answer them. Right, like that's what that's how I feel when I wear out in public. Like if someone asks me a question, I have to be ready to answer the question. I'm not going to hide it because I think I think that's when it becomes a little shameful. Is when is when like you do wear little clothing and someone's like, oh, that's really cute. What is it? And you're like, oh, it's nothing. It's like no, be proud. Uh-huh. Right, like like you wore it. Explain it because you yeah. might just enlighten someone's day.
2: Yeah, no, you know, and I, and there are you know. And I'm a total switch and a total omnivert, so I like get into everything, um, and I and I and I will go from being the smallest small bab to total big big bro uh, in in a snap. All right, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I love doing that, uh, but it's not everyone's thing too. There there are some who will enjoy being small in the comfort of their like home, but when they come out in the community, um, when they're around other littles, they feel like you know immediately they have to be big, they have to be daddy or big bro. Um, and they can't engage or think it's shameful in that moment to engage with their little side, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be, but if that's, that's what your level is, you know, if that's what you're, you're comfortable or not comfortable with, then engage with the side that makes you happy in that moment, you know? And I think that's a, that's a, a huge thing. And, and again, if ABDL in general is something that you would rather do in your home or with, with a small group instead of at a huge con and you want to engage with something totally different there, then do it. You know, that's, again, that's why we have so many, so many interests here, all right? And there's like so many different kinks and ways that you can engage with them. There's no one way, one right way to engage with kink, all right? You can have so much fun attacker, so many different angles. That's what I love about kink. Um, being able to, you know, go from, again, being like Leather Dom to little sissy femboy, you know, mm-hmm. in like a blink of an eye. Uh, it's so much fun to, to like play things up, change things up a little bit, um, and, I, and I just love that.
0: Last question on pictures. Um... I know this is a big thing and I'm and I'm I'm always very pleased when I do take pictures at events and then I'll get that like generic message after the event saying like, Can I share this photo? Would you like me to blur my face or would you like me to blur your face and stuff? I think mm-hmm. that's a very respectful thing, but what is what is your stance on sharing photos from kink events?
2: Yeah, no. Um I absolutely believe that uh if if, if you're taking a photo and you catch somebody in the background, uh you should be blurring out faces. If you don't know who the person is, so blur it out. If you do know them, contact them, all right, and, and ask, hey, would you mind if your face is being shown, or should I blur it out? Should I should I cover it up? Um, absolutely, do that. Uh, that is the you know uh, most respectful thing that you can do when when you're taking photos at, at comms. Um, you know, and unfortunately, uh, not everybody has that kind of breath take a breath moment and common sense about posting photos. And that's why we do have some of the photo policies that are, uh, that's why I believe we do have some of the photo policies that are in place in the video world, you know, uh, because people just didn't take a breath, didn't have common sense moment and posted it out there. Um, and it got out and uh, in places that people didn't want uh, that to be, that side of themselves to be exposed. And that's why we we have certain policies in place. Um, if everyone had that breath and common sense moment, then we probably wouldn't need that. But I again, I think it's a hard thing um to instill in everybody. <laughs> um, you know, we are a very diverse community um, in, in in many ways, whether it's kink, um neurodivergent, things like that, um, it, it can be a hard thing to instill across everybody. Uh, I think it's getting better as we kind of educate and change what you know uh what that looks like at our at our cons, you know, what are what the expectations are and like how we manage them. Uh, but it's but it's going to take a while, um, and it's not it's not going to be foolproof. Um, you know there are some expectation management things that probably need to occur in terms of you're going to a public space. All right, there is some risk that is involved with going to anything that's public. Um, Capcom, Indie Dream World, Claw. Uh, while they're private events, all right, they are still in the public. <laughs> all right, mm-hmm. around a bunch of people that you don't know. All right, so there is inherently some risk that occurs when you go to any of those events you know um, and that's something that you know unfortunately or fortunately you have to learn to deal with <laughs> when you go out you know we can make them as safe as we can um and try to teach common sense and teach these kind of expectations but um it's not always foolproof
0: no it's not foolproof and i think that's kind of I always like to think that that's why the pup masks are kind of like this fun little gray area that you can apply to yourself when you go to events is like, you know, maybe you want to f- wear your full diaper regalia, but you don't want to show your face, put on, a, put on a pup mask, put on yeah. a pup mask. And then there you go. Now your face isn't shown. It's just, your yeah, no, here.
2: no. Uh, I, so I always carry, um, so I, I like love my hood. I'm a total pup. I, I don't wear it very often. Messes up my hair. Uh, but the but the, uh, hood, like I always take when I'm going to, uh, any of the events where I know there's going to be like, uh, advertising photos taken or things about nature or people will come up and ask for like a photo with me, but I'm, I don't really know them well, (laughs) you know, um, I'll just throw on the hood Mm -hmm. and be like, barbark, uh, take as many photos (laughs) as you want, you know? Um, and that's, yeah. So that's like totally a safety blanket there. And and if, and if you're not a pup, you know, there's, there's, you know, other hoods and like things like that or like ways that you can mask yourself. Um, if you want to kind of, dip your toes in doing more like photos where you're kind of getting yourself out there you know if if the face is the barrier then you know here's some ways that you can cover it up mask crown bandana things like that work, work it into your into your look um and see what you want to do you know um or that or just really work with them to make sure that your face is being blurred or you're not being included if, if they're walking around and like taking shots like that
0: yeah there you go i guess my last question because we're on the level of like optics how do you how do you think we're doing as like a community? I mean, like, I don't, I don't feel like we never have a have a time to like really sit down and like look at ourselves. I mean, do you think do you think we're do you think we're doing a good job as a community, like with our rules and with our with our optics and everything?
2: Yes, uh, I think we are doing kind of a great job in terms of, um, you know, generally in the generally speaking, uh, with how the community uh, polices themselves you know and saying hey like this probably isn't a good thing do i think some of it delves into uh you know falls into drama and uh some misinformation and things at, uh, at times yes um do i think it's still good that we're having conversations uh even though some of the conversations we have over and over again i think it's good that we're having them good that we're calling things out so we can have a conversation about it and move towards a better understanding you know whether it's you know maybe it wasn't great to call this person out on this piece, but hey, let's talk about it. You know why why was it or why wasn't it um, a good idea? You know um, so I I think yes. You know and and looking at when I came into the community um, and started interacting uh, with with people when I was eighteen, um, you know we we've we made so many changes and grown so much since 2010. You know we've grown so much since my first. Uh, my first CapCon, my first leather event in like 2015, 2016. All right, we've grown exponentially. We have gotten ourselves, uh, f- for the most part, we've kind of moved away from these, the silos of the single-use diaper sites, you know, diaper boys, et cetera, diaper space, are you padded? We've kind of moved away from those things. Some of them still exist. That's great. You know, that's where you can find people first. You know, we have kind of moved into the social media realm too, where there's been greater accountability. <laughs> Everything's right there. <laughs> you know, um, we can find you. Um, generally speaking, you know, uh, there seems to be more accountability in the Twitter space and the Facebook space, you know, uh, because there's an actual profile. There's act, you know, an, an actual person, it seems, behind it. You know, whereas on the site, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm getting, <laughs> you know. Um, and people are pretty quick to call it out if it is a fake profile, if it is this, you know, toxic or anything like that, um, you know, and then we get, you get, again, we kind of work towards a, a better understanding, a better expectation um, in the community. Um, and just from, you know, business optics side too, we're getting so much more accepted uh, at, at the cons, you know, Claw, ML, ABU being up as a silver sponsor on the IML stage this like past year, like was huge, like tears, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, uh, that, you know, from my first leather event in 2015 to, to 2022, and we're on the IML stage, uh, you know, with all the contestants and things like that. That was that was amazing, you know that we that we're getting acceptance there. Um, you know, when it was very much a taboo thing, not not four or five years ago, you know. Um, and to have the executive directors of Claw and IML and other cons that we we go to walk up and be like, hey, so this is something that we used to see just stick out over pants. You know, and like we would see like a little pause sticking out her leather pants, you know, or, you know, uh, out of whatever. When you guys set up a booth and people realize that you're here, all right, um, whether it's us with ABU or just a group of us just kind of walking around, really, um, all of a sudden the pants start dropping. We see diapers everywhere. All right. We had members of, of, of the security team at like IML just in diapers and a harness working for the convention, <laughs> you know directing things helping vendors like set up that's huge it kind of you know in a sense normalizes it uh claw one of my fav- favorite experiences was walking through the vendor hall to go upstairs the, the one day and the the bondage barber one of them just has a bunny hops completely sticking out of his leather pants while he's got a boy tied in his chair and shaving his head you know like it's it's like huge to see that that stuff we just didn't see that before you know so it it, it is starting it is starting to change um, and I definitely think we're doing a good job as a community of encouraging that. Uh, we have a long way to go. We're still, you know, setting what those expectations are setting rules. It's a continuous process. All right. It doesn't stop. Uh, but I think uh, we're on the right path and it's it's a beautiful thing.
0: I know we had CNN weather, like one of our ABDL photos. <laughs> we're on the up I and saw out. That. <laughs> I saw all that briefly. Yes.
2: Uh, some intern uh, is having a very awkward conversation. Yes. <laughs>
0: I know. I was like, Dang, we've really made it when CNN is liking our photos. <laughs> hopefully yes. that intern wasn't fired, though.
2: I I, I certainly hope not. Uh, hopefully just a very awkward conversation. <laughs> right, there you
0: go. Well, thank you, James Frost, for coming to Newsy's Nook and talking about the optics of ABDL, the TikTok video, and Jakey's poll.
2: Thank, thank you so much, Newsy, uh, and I hope to be on again.
0: Of course. Bye. Bye. kiddos before we go some abdl events you can attend in new york city october 28th kenzo's littles party at the smitten's lair november 1st diaper happy hour at the rock bar november 12th an abdl munch at the north end food hall in Chicago, October 28th is Puddle Scout's Halloween Crinkle Crawl. And in Los Angeles, December 2nd is Diaper Active at the Bullet Bar. More information on all these events will be in the show notes. And if you have an event you want mentioned on the podcast, feel free to message me on Twitter or Instagram at NewsyBaby. All right, kiddos, I'm officially sogging this good night. I gotta go change. See ya. Bye! how to read? I don't know how to read, but I heard Playtime has a new bi-weekly online kink magazine. It's called Play-Zine. Yeah, I heard if I knew how to read, I could read about different fetish lifestyles, events, entertainment, and news. I guess I gotta go to the Playtime website to practice my reading skills.